Right, welcome back. Seven and a half minutes after eight. Now, I want to dedicate the next uh, part of the program talking about education in New South Wales. Uh, It's of interest to all of us, whether we attend school ourselves or our children do or our grandchildren do. Um, Now, it will be a challenging start, much like last year was, 2021, with disruptions. Uh, But this new Omicron variant, uh, variant, as we know, has caused issues right across all sectors of our economy and our community. What will be the safest way to get our kids back to school and will there be enough teachers to teach them, given what we're currently experiencing with COVID-19? Now, the New South Wales Education Minister, Sarah Mitchell, says that her department has started deploying hundreds of thousands of rapid antigen tests to schools across the state. It's a part of a government plan to deliver rats to the state's public, Catholic and private schools from the first week of Term 1. The idea is to keep schools safe. So let's talk about that with Sarah Mitchell and then we'll also catch up with the opposition's Prue Carr. Sarah, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Marcus. I'm well, thank you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, I know you were struck down by this bloody Omicron, weren't you? I was, yeah. Unfortunately, last week I uh, did test positive to COVID last Sunday, but yeah. uh, look, luckily I was I was pretty good. A couple of days of, of feeling a bit like I had a bad head cold, but yep. then I came good and uh, yeah, out of isolation uh, as of Monday this week. So back to normal and uh, and going well. So thank you. Wonderful. For no, that's okay. I'm glad that you're well. Um, I mean, then you would know firsthand uh, what you're dealing with. Uh, this is out in the community, and it affects everybody from young children right through to, you know, those that work in the education system, be they teachers, be they support staff, principals, uh, those from the PNC. It's a concern. Absolutely it is as we head pretty uh, much headlong into the start of the school year soon. Yeah, I mean, look, I would say I think our school communities after, you know, almost two years of this, we, we know that we've got to live with COVID and find a way to make our schools function and work. And I think that we've certainly learned a lot over the last 18 months. A lot of the measures that we've got in place in schools that, that our communities are very used to having as part of their daily school life, our teachers, our students, our, our parents, you know, expect a lot of that to continue. And I think that's just common sense. We've got vaccinations. Uh, and we've also got rapid antigen tests now that are part of the mix too in terms of our return to school plan, as you've mentioned. So yeah, right. you know, I am confident um, that, that we've, we've done a lot of the planning and, and our mm-hmm. schools are safe and being back at school is important. We know it's the best thing for our kids and that's why we're really focused on making sure that we do it as smoothly as possible while understanding that dealing with a variant like Omicron and also a global pandemic, there will be bumps along the way. We know that and, and we, we think parents understand that too, but it's about being prepared and doing everything we can to have our students in the classroom. All right. Well, you've been in talks um, to ensure rats will be available at all schools across the state in time for the start of Term 1 on January the 28th. There are more than 1.2 million school students in New South Wales, meaning testing students twice a week as part of the government's return to school plan will require 24 million of these DIY kits over the first 10-week term. It's a big undertaking. Look, it is. And, you know, it's a logistical effort of mammoth proportions underway at the moment. We've got a a warehouse in Western Sydney where we have staff working uh, around the clock to to start to get these out. Obviously, regional areas, uh, we need to ship those out pretty quickly in terms of the distances. 
Uh, and then, of course, uh, making sure our metro schools have the supplies that they need. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think we, we're talking about more than 3,000 schools because obviously mm-hmm. we're providing these across all of the school sectors, not just government but Catholic and independent schools too, which I think is important. How will um, it work? We'll release, um, yeah, so look, we'll release a few more details in terms of that back-to-school plan uh, after National Cabinet, which obviously is taking place tomorrow, and I think the Premier okay. has made it clear that he'll be taking our sort of operational details uh, into into that meeting. And we're working closely with other states, particularly Victoria. Yeah. But, look, you know, we're certainly looking at using them for our staff who might be close contact or household contacts, I should say, that yeah. are well and can return to work, and that's in line with some of the announcements made after National Cabinet by the, the Prime Minister and the Premier last week. Okay. But also looking at surveillance testing um, for some of our students and staff as well. All right, but there's a lot of uh, parents listening to us right now, right across the state of New South Wales. And I guess the I, don't, I know you, that you can't release all of the details at the moment. The Premier's, uh, along with uh, working with your uh, colleagues in Victoria on the plan, but just in a nutshell, will will the kids be tested at home or at school before they start the school day? What, can you at least maybe outline what's happening there? Yeah, so look, the intention is to use them at home and okay. that's in line with how we use rapid antigen tests at the end of last year. You know, some yep. of your listeners might remember uh, we did start to use them when we had students who were close contacts in a school setting. We did what we called was a test-to-stay program, so yep. those children tested every morning and could come back into the classroom once they had a negative PCR test. So they were used at home by by students and, and look, by families. We're all very used to using the rapid antigen tests at home now. I think most of us have probably done that at one point or another mm. over the last period of time. And so that is how we are looking at using them. Um, and I think for families, you know, there will be uh, more information coming literally within the next couple of days okay. after National Cabinet. Yeah. Um, but they know parents, parents know that their children are going back on day one, term one. And I think that's the most important key piece of information that as a parent, you need to know. And your kids are going back. Uh, and I think that's what should give parents confidence. All right. Uh, teachers, uh, are you worried about a, a teaching shortage? In other words, uh, you know, there may be some out in the community who have COVID-19, who may contract COVID-19 uh, by the time, uh, you know, January the 28th rolls around. What contingencies are in place? Uh, we've had discussions about fast-tracking uh, former teachers back into mm-hmm. uh, into the system, Um uh, maybe getting some teachers' aides to fill in some of the gaps. What are the plans here? Yeah, look, Marcus, there's many, many different contingency plans that we have in place, and and you're right. The unknown, I guess, is, uh, you know, how many teachers will be impacted with COVID themselves on any given day, and then what's the impact on that operationally for individual schools. So, I mean, obviously, uh, we will be able to call on our casual staff. Um, we yep. will be looking at, as we said, final year university students who already have essentially a provisional approval to teach whether we can use that field a bit more and we are talking about thousands of people who are final year university So you can fast track, sorry to interrupt, that you can fast track their prac if you like, is that right? Yeah, you can give them an opportunity to be in the classroom, that's Mm -hmm. right. Um, And then obviously retired teachers, we're really focusing on those who might have retired within the last couple of years. Many of them do still do casual work, but if for whatever reason they're not, we're obviously looking to encourage them uh, to come back in to help us. You know, Mm -hmm. it is um, extraordinary times, and so we're really putting that call out to our, our former teachers. We're also looking, of course, at our department staff. We have a lot of people who are qualified teachers working in roles 
within the bureaucracy. If they need to go and fill in for roles, they can. Uh, and also looking at existing school staff. You know, many schools might have somebody who's in, say, a leadership position at a school as an assistant principal, for instance, who's not on a class. So if okay. they can fill in, if they need to. So there are there are literally many, many options available to schools uh, and we will work with them, particularly when we do see impacts of, you know, potentially high numbers of teachers. Mm -hmm. But we just don't know and we just need to work through that as it happens for individual schools. We can't predict... No, well, you can't, but it's important to plan, and it sounds like uh, you're doing that. (laughs) Fast-tracking, fast-tracking third-year or uh, end-of-degree students into the classroom, former teachers getting them in their teachers' aides, those assistant or deputy principals that normally don't teach. Yeah, so you've got a, a fair amount of people to draw from, if you like, to fill in any of the gaps. We do. All right. Look. It may well be that it's a little disruptive, but at least it does get kids back into the classroom and and back to that face-to-face teaching rather than, again, what we experienced last year, an extended period of of learning from home. Yeah, look, that's right. And I think that you've hit the nail on the head. The most Mm -hmm. important thing is we have our children in the classroom and, you know, closing school should be the last thing that you do, not the first. And we think about it, you know, for students who, for instance, are starting year two this year, they've lost a quarter of their schooling between the time in kindergarten and year one that they would have been learning from home. It's two terms. That is really significant. So we need to make sure we do everything that we can to eliminate that disruption. I think we're in a much better place. We've learned a lot over the last couple of years. We've got vaccinations. We've got ventilation. We've got rapid antigen tests. Uh, we are very well prepared for school to return in a few weeks, and right. I think that's the best thing we can do. Just before I let you go, uh, story today, education bureaucrats have warned media companies they will be applying archaic laws, preventing comparison of HSC results in a censorship move that experts say robs parents of the ability to make informed decisions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, we know that the HSC results will be published Tomorrow, on Thursday, we know that, unfortunately, the Education Standards Authority uh, let slip some uh, results Mm. earlier this week. That's done and dusted now. But what's this all about, the comparison list situation? I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a good idea, but... Yeah. I mean, look, essentially nothing's really changed, Marcus. So what happens is there is, you know, requirements under the Act, which all states and territories have agreed to and implemented, um, that information can go out there. But it's really about, I guess, preventing what is sometimes called league tables. So ranking schools against each other and, you know, comparing someone's successful and someone's not. Obviously, Mm -hmm. with the HSC, uh, we're actually going today to our first in-course ceremony. Our merit Mm -hmm. list get promoted of the kids who top the the classes. That's great. We should celebrate that success. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the reason that the Act exists is so that, you know, you don't end up inadvertently, um, I guess, condemning or or saying negative things about students or schools where they might not be as academically inclined. And, look, that's the balance. I think it's important that there's information out there, that parents and schools and students know how they've performed, Yes. And we obviously do do supply that to media outlets. That hasn't changed. But also, too, you know, we were speaking this morning. There's a school in Dubbo that have had uh, the highest number of Aboriginal students complete the HSC ever. Some of those students are the first in their family to finish Year 12. I don't know where they'd end up on a league table, but I think that's a, a successful education. And so I think that's yes. the nuances that we've got to be aware of yeah. with this information. All right. Yeah, yeah look... 
really um, a critical analysis of schools uh, is unfair because quite often it's done in a sensational way, particularly by the tabloids, that, as you say, probably makes it a little unfair for other educational success stories like the one you've mentioned in Dubbo. All right, let's catch up in a couple of weeks, Sarah, once uh, the Premier's made the announcements uh, and you and he have uh, put together the plan. It'd be good to chat before the kids get back to school so we can nail down all of these details. That'd be great. Thanks, Marcus. Great to be on. Nope. Thank you very much for joining us on the program. Appreciate it. There she is, Education Minister Sarah Mitchell. All right, 20 minutes after eight. Let's go to the New South Wales opposition now, Prue Carr. Of course, she is Sarah's opposite. She's the Shadow Minister of Education. G'day, Prue. How are you? G'day, Marcus. Always good to be on. All right. Now, uh, you and Sarah have something in common. You also yes. dealt with <laughs> COVID. I know. How ironic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how are you feeling, Prue? Yeah, totally fine now. I had my booster. Yeah. Um, and um, my little boy's okay too. Good. Um, yeah, all good. It just, I suppose Sarah and I experienced what, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have now in New South Wales. Um, uh, and that's the, you know, the the Omicron variant. Yeah. Okay. So again, you'd be speaking from experience to know how difficult yep. it's going to be. You uh, you were on hold during my chat with the minister. Mm. Um, just without rehashing everything, what stood yeah. out for you as a potential issue going forward as we head toward the start of the, uh, the school year on the 28th of this month? What stands out to me is that at the moment, I am being inundated um, with uh, pleas from very anxious parents. And if the minister seriously thinks that parents have confidence in this government and what they've announced so far is any sort of plan, she honestly, I I hate to say it, but she is living in an alternate reality. Like she kept saying that they're looking at options, but there's no detail on what those options actually are. Mm. Parents, yes, do know that curveballs are thrown at us during a pandemic, but don't we deserve communication about what the options are, what the modelling shows, what the plan is? We're talking about rapid antigen testing at home. Yeah. You know, what is the compunction to report that? How will that be sent to homes once it gets to schools? We're, we're 10 days out from school term starting officially. Uh, there are 2,500 schools, public schools, that even before you get to Catholic and independent and yeah. the private system. So... There's just more questions than answers. And and I think for for Dominic Perrottet and Sarah Mitchell to say that no parents understand that, I don't know what parents they're talking to, but the parents I'm talking to are very, very anxious about this. All right. Well, I mean, they are cutting it fine. Um, yep. I, I did press Sarah on detail, but obviously she wasn't going to provide me with, uh, you know, any detail until... Uh, national Cabinet meets, and that meeting is tomorrow, and apparently uh, they are talking to their counterparts in Victoria to mm. present a, uh, a united plan, if you like. So for Education Victoria or New South Wales Education, a united plan that hopefully they will have adopted at National Cabinet, which will lead the, the nation through getting our kids back to school uh, but you're right. I mean, it is cutting it pretty fine. So you say that there is no details. I want to hope there is tomorrow. Yeah, and look, I accept that there's work. There seems to be some sort of um, working through with Victoria. But I just want to make this point about National Cabinet. 
Um, I do fear, and I think this is coming back from me, from communities across the state, that National Cabinet is becoming a way for Dominic Perrottet to, to hide from responsibility. Last time I checked, the New South Wales government is responsible for the provision and the running of New South Wales schools. Yeah. Um, sure, a national approach is all very well and good, but Scott Morrison and Daniel Andrews are not responsible for the provision of public education in New South Wales. Dominic Perrottet and Sarah Mitchell are. So yep. they actually they know what they're going to do. They just haven't told us. Okay. Well, some of the um, some of the things she did mention, uh, fast-tracking uh, PRAC for those yep. final-year students who are doing education degrees, uh, re-employing former teachers, uh, getting teachers' aides uh, in front of chalkboards and also getting uh, assistant or deputy principals back into classrooms. Uh, that surely will bolster and perhaps fill in any of the gaps that we... Look, one of the big issues I will I foresee is, like in the health system, we'll have a number of teachers that will be furloughed because of yep. the Omicron variant. Yeah, and look, I think um, we all know now someone, at least, who has been hit by, by the variant, so there definitely um, will be a workforce problem. Uh, but I do think that there needs to be more detailed modelling communicated with the community about this. Um, I don't know whose bright idea it was to uh, bring retired teachers back. Many of them are in vulnerable age groups that don't okay. want to be going into unvaccinated school, like schools full of unvaccinated children. Mm. I think one of the biggest things that we can prioritise is the vaccination of those five to eleven-year-olds. And okay. why why is it that we actually are not planning to use schools as vaccination centres like we have for so many other? diseases for decades and decades well, in a good state. Point. It just makes sense. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, and also in relation to the rapid antigen tests, I mean, uh, I did press the Minister and, of course, uh, she won't reveal details until after National Cabinet. But, I mean, how... OK, so we're, we're going to have all of these tests made available um, free of charge to uh, to school kids. Uh, you know, we need millions upon millions of the things to get through the, the first 10 weeks of Term 1. How will these be distributed? Do parents need to go to the schools to pick them up? I mean, the practical steps of making yeah. this work, uh, there are a lot of questions and, and finer details yet to be nutted out, I guess. There are more questions than answers because the reality of that for parents that have you know, two or more children is very cumbersome. And what do they have to do in order to clear their children to go to school? Um, I don't think that asking these questions means that yeah. we don't want schools to go back. Everyone agrees that we want schools to go back. Parents mm -hmm. need to go back to work. And the bottom line is our children deserve to be All in right. their classroom mm -hmm. to get an education. Because yep. as, as the minister said quite rightly, We've got young children that have missed a quarter of their schooling career, which is unacceptable, All right, unacceptable Prue. impact. Okay, I've got to leave it there. News is on the way. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll talk more on this as the, uh, well, certainly next week as we lead to Term 1. Thank you. Thanks, Marcus. Prue Carr.